All right. Hey, good morning, New Life Church. Let's make our way back to our seats this morning. What a morning so far. You know, I love the refreshing presence of God. You know, sometimes we just don't really know what we need, which is why if we just will go to Him, He knows exactly what our hearts need. Amen? And He knows what we need to hear today as well. Today, as we've been talking about and advertising, is our Missions and Outreach Sunday, and we're recognizing, highlighting, and going to talk about a few things about how our church is making a difference around the world starting right here in Jackson, Tennessee. So would you bow your heads with me in prayer as we move forward today in sharing the message of God's Word. Oh Lord, we are so thankful that you gave us something to read, and we thank you that it's not just some pages full of words about something that did not happen, but it's real. You spoke this into existence. You created it. You oversaw the process of your word coming to life. And Lord, today as we open it, may it come alive in our hearts. Perhaps, Lord, we've gotten familiar, too familiar, with the approach of your scriptures. So today I ask, make it fresh, so fresh, that our eyes really do pop open wide and the light bulb goes off in our head and our heart jumps because you spoke directly to our lives. Lord, I love you and we are thankful for you, thankful for your presence, thankful for your people, and thankful for the partnership of the kingdom of God and how you've called us to play a part in that. Bless this time, bless your word, and may you get honor and may we, your people, get all the help we can from being here today. In Jesus' name and collectively, collectively you can say amen and amen. Listen to this verse in Genesis chapter 12 from the message translation. Genesis 12 one says, God told Abram, leave your country, your family, your father's home for a land that I will show you. So, Abram left just as God said. And Abram was 75 years old when he left. 75 years old when he left all that he had ever known to go where he had never been to just follow the Lord. I find that intriguing. I also find that very, very challenging. He didn't know where God was going to take him. He just said, go, and I'll show you. That's amazing. He ended up becoming a patriarch of our faith. As we read in Matthew chapter 1, the genealogy of Jesus, it tells us that there were 14 generations from Abraham to David, and 14 generations from David to the Babylonian exile, and 14 generations from the Babylonian exile to Jesus Christ, the Messiah. So the world has a risen Savior because a nobody named Abram followed the Lord to eventually tell the world about a somebody named Jesus because Abram left just as God said. Today we, we have the privilege to, uh, to be able to hear from some people that as a church we partner with in the work of the gospel and the Great Commission. Those are two of the most sacred things a church can do in the sense of its mission. The gospel and the Great Commission. We will hear stories of how God's Word, Bibles, being spread literally throughout this world. We're going to hear... Uh, we're going to hear how a ministry that was birthed right out of our church years ago that is being a lighthouse and a beacon of hope to all women and women with children right here in Jackson, Tennessee. We're going to hear stories and updates of how our church is assisting people in 
in, in feeding people who are food insecure right here in our county of Madison. We're going to hear updates on how our church is partnering with missionaries around the world from the United States all the way from the top of India to the tip of South Africa. And so you should have one of these at a seat near you or at your seat. To start things off today, we have invited a wonderful group of missionaries that go around the world. And they come every year, and we're so thankful to be a part of this and to play a small part in a big work that they're doing. Would you help me welcome, give a very warm New Life Church welcome to Tom Mapes with the Gideon Ministry International as he comes to share about the investment of God's Word. Thank you, Brother Jeremy. Thank you so much. Appreciate that. And good morning in New Life. Thank you, Pastor Jeremy. And, and what he said was so true because we all play a major role in what we do. Because without churches like you raising funds to distribute and print God's word to a lost and dying world, we couldn't operate. So thank you so much in advance. There's more to come. I always like to start out by reminding you that uh, two important verses out of Isaiah 48, the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. And our Gideon verse that we've always trusted is 5511 out of Isaiah. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me empty or void, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the things whereunto I sent it. So it's just great to be able to come and share with you briefly an annual report and kind of an update. Let me tell you about Steve Irvin. Steve Irvin died at age 26 in 1990. Steve was the youngest son of Brother Bob and Loretta Irvin at Woodland Baptist Church where we were attending. Stephen had gone to South America and had contracted a very rare blood disease and came back and was not able to save him and he died. And after he passed away, over 500 Gideon Bibles were given in his name and recognition and honor. 500 of these Bibles were placed in his name. Well, the life of a Gideon Bible that's placed in a hotel motel is six years, and it has the capacity to reach 2,300 individuals. So if you calculate that out, over 1.1 million people have had the opportunity to see God's Word because of one individual in Jackson, Tennessee, almost uh, what, several years ago, and what his life meant. So what a legacy that leaves. So I challenge you today to consider your legacy. What is your life like, and what are you doing? Uh, that's a tremendous story to tell, and we're here to tell the story. Actually, we're not here to lift up the Gideons. We're here to lift up Jesus, God's Word, and what it does for all of us. You know, something unusual happened a few minutes ago, Jeremy. I was sitting over there, and a lady came up and hugged me, and I couldn't believe who it was. Back in 1975, when we were living, we were neighbors. She said this is the first time she's visited this church. I say, you come out here very often? Yeah, it's the first time I've ever been here. Well, I thought this is pretty unusual because I got saved because she and her family at that time for Christmas in 1975 gave me a copy of the Living Bible. We were neighbors and we'd sit out and we'd talk and I said, you know, I just can't handle the KGV. It's these and thous and I don't understand it. It's just not, I don't like it. And for Christmas they gave me the Living Bible. I was going through a divorce four years later and I had a bourbon and Coke in one hand and this in the other and you know that won't last forever. The bourbon and coke was set aside and the Bible continued and I got saved in March of 1979 because of this living Bible. And her name is Judy. Her name is Sister Judy. She's here today and I want to thank you. Thank you, Judy. Isn't this just amazing? You just don't know from one minute to the next, do you, what's going to go on? That certainly wasn't any prepared text I had today, that was for sure. But as far as who are the Gideons, we are Christian businessmen who love the Lord and uh, we take all the money that we can gather from churches like New Life and uh, turn that into God's Word, printed and distributed worldwide. And so this happened like 120 years ago, and uh, we've been going strong ever since. And I was noticing as far as, uh, as the history is concerned, we started in 1899, and we, after much prayer, they leaped to their feet, and they said, we should be called Gideons based on Judges 6 and 7. So we're just an extended arm of New Life Church and other churches that support us. Here's the story. We now serve 199 countries. 
We print the Bible and New Testaments in 107 different languages worldwide. We currently over 80 million scriptures a year we are able to distribute and we distributed our first billion in 2015. It took us 93 years to do that and 14 years later the second billion mainly because of places like India, Asia and Brazil need so many scriptures. So what we do is 100% of the scriptures and words uh, money we get we print and distribute, we pay for our own way and uh, it's just a, an amazing story. I was invited to be a Gideon 37 years ago, and there's four ways that you can support us. Naturally, we want you to pray for us. That's so important. Two, you can use the Gideon Card Program. I mentioned that to you with Stephen Irvin and the Gideon Card Program, and, and I think, Jeremy, you've got a rack out here probably somewhere that has the Gideon Cards, special occasions, and even if uh, someone dies, our family likes to send five Gideon Bibles to the family uh, if someone dies, just to let them know the importance of that, because over a thousand people can read God's Word because of that. The third thing you can do naturally is to consider joining a Gideon. Maybe Pastor Jeremy has some men out here that would like to become Gideons. We'd love to have you. We're getting old, long in the tooth in our camp. We need some fresh, new, young blood. So consider doing that and actually give financially, which uh, Pastor Jeremy tells you all do every year, and we appreciate that so much. So those are the different ways that you can support us. And I wanted to share this with you. Did anybody bring your Bible with you today? If you did, will you hold it up and wave it at me if you brought your Bible with you? Fantastic. Those of you who have Bibles that are falling apart have lives that are not. <laughs> Absolutely. It's a great scene to, to see everybody do that. You know, all the other books you read, but the Bible reads you. J. Vernon McGee said, uh, no man is truly uneducated who knows the Bible, and no one is truly educated who is ignorant of its teachings. J. Vernon said, Christians, not many people read the book, but they sure read you. You could be the best Christian somebody ever sees. So how much, many times you've read through the Bible is not nearly as important as how much of the Bible is in you. So let's be mindful that we're not called to worship the Bible. That's idolatry. We're called to worship the God who gave us the Bible and has preserved it through all these centuries against people that are, have tried to destroy it. Is there a man in here? Yes, there's a man in here. He turned water into wine. He walked on the water. He gives sight to the blind. He gives back life to those who are dead. He fed 5,000 with five loaves of bread and two fish. There's a man in here that makes demons flee. He makes cripples walk. He chosen you. He chosen me. I know in my heart I, I have no fear. I'm a much better man because the man in here, the son of God, the Son of Man, the Word of the Living God, the Fountain of Living Water. There's a man in here they were looking for, but they didn't find any room for him at the door, so they lowered him down on a stretcher bed. Jesus, he looked at him. He said, all your sins are gone this day. Take up your bed. Go on your way. He walked through the crowd. We heard him declare, I'm a much better man because of the man in there. Son of God, Son of Man. Mary's babe of Bethlehem, David's good shepherd, Moses, pillar of fire by night, cloud cover by day. There's a man in here, the disciples cried as the ship was tossed from side to side, so they woke him up as the waves grew high and said, man, don't you care that we're about to die? And he said, peace, be still. The seas were laid. He said, where's your faith? Why are you so afraid? And the seas became calm. The winds became clear. And they said, thank you, God, for the man in here. Son of God, son of man, my Savior, my Redeemer. How about you? He says, if you confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father in heaven. He says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And whomever. Whosoever believes in him is not going to perish, but have everlasting life. God didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world, but through him the world would be saved. And he says, I stand at the door and I knock, and if anyone opens that door, I'll come in and abide with him and he with me. Have you done that? Have you opened that door? Let him shine his light. Do that today. Thank you very much, Dan Morris of Morris Greenwood. Thank you very much, Dan. Appreciate that. There is a man in here. Let me tell you briefly three quick stories. Uh, Pastor Doug Brewer 
was over at Poplar Heights Baptist Church for many years, and he would go with me sometimes to share his testimony. When he was in the uh, military in the Second World War, he had submarine duty in the, in the Navy, and a friend of his gave him a copy of the Gideon Testament for servicemen. He read that, got saved, and he promised the Lord, if you'd get me off this submarine and out of World War II alive, I will serve you for the rest of my life. Well, he did the rest of his life. And let me tell you how he died. His wife, uh, Claudia, said that he was at his nephew's funeral giving the closing prayer and said, in Jesus' name, amen, and fell dead. Now, that's the way to go, isn't it? Let me tell you about Joe Edlin. Joe Edlin was 11 years old. Gideon came to her church like here at New Life. He held up his White Testament and said, you know, nurses are sometimes the last folks to see someone before they die. And she went into the hospice program. She was a candy striper, got her degree, went into nursing and found an old Marine named Jim. She was made friends with Jim, and Jim didn't think anybody loved him, so she witnessed to him, read him stories, gave him John 3.16 like Dan just shared, and said, now do you think somebody loves you? And tears trickled down his cheek. He said, I believe so. The next morning she went in to see him. She was so excited, but Jim had died overnight. What if you had been the person that gave $1.40 to get this into Joe Medlin's hand? How about this story? I was in the car business for about 16 years at Golden Circle Ford. This is one of my favorite stories. Uh, a salesman was doing really good. He was knocking out a lot of money, you know, and just doing fantastic well, but he kind of had a nervous breakdown, and he was trying to get back to work, and his boss had found a Gideon, a personal worker's testament, this brown one they just kind of thrown in the corner somewhere, and they took and put a black book on the cover out. A black book is what salespeople use to see what's the value of your car so we can steal your trade. But... Uh, but so what they were doing, he, he thought this was a joke, you know. He picked it up and started reading it, got into John, ended up getting saved. His wife got saved. He went into the ministry. So what if you had given $1.40 for a joke testament to be thrown around? You know, we hear of Bibles being found like in hobos, find them in railroad train cars. We find college kids will just chunk them in the trash can if they don't want them, and people dig them out and get saved. There's all kinds of stories like that. So... I just wanted to share some of these good news stories with you because this, these are exciting times. And, Jeremy, you've got a lot to do this morning, so I want to do one thing and something special. This is called the Scarlet Thread. You know, the Bible is God's book. It's his story. And the blood is all the way through Genesis to Revelation. As you go through it, let me share that with you as we think about our, our word. In Genesis, Jesus is the ram at Abraham's altar. In Exodus, he's the Passover lamb. In Leviticus, he's the high priest, and in Numbers, he is the cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. In Deuteronomy, he is the city of our refuge. In Joshua, he is the scarlet thread out Rahab's window. In Judges, he is our judge. In Ruth, he's our kinsman redeemer. And in First and Second Samuel, he's our trusted prophet. In Kings and Chronicles, he is our reigning king. In Ezra, he is the faithful scribe. In Nehemiah, the rebuilder of everything that's broken. In Esther, he is the Mordecai sitting faithful at the gate. And in Job, he is our Redeemer that ever liveth. In Psalms, he is my shepherd and I shall not want. In Proverbs and Ecclesiastes, he is our wisdom. In the Song of Solomon, he is the beautiful bridegroom. And in Isaiah, he is the suffering servant. In Jeremiah and Lamentations, it is Jesus that is the weeping prophet. In Ezekiel, he is the wonderful four-faced man. And in Daniel, he's the fourth man in the midst of a fiery furnace. In Hosea, he is my love that is forever faithful. In Joel, he baptizes us with the Holy Spirit. In Amos, he is our burden bearer. In Obadiah, our Savior. And in Jonah, he's the great foreign missionary that takes the word of God throughout the entire world. You go on and you see in Micah, he's the messenger with beautiful feet. In Nahum, he is the avenger. Habakkuk, he's the watchman that's ever praying for revival. In Zephaniah, he is the Lord mighty to save. In Haggai, he is the restorer of our lost heritage. In Zechariah, he is our fountain. And in Malachi, he is the son of righteousness with healing in his wings. Let's get to the New Testament. In Matthew, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. In Mark, he is the miracle worker. In Luke, he is the son of man. In John, he is the door by which every one of us must enter. In Acts, he is the shining light that appears to Saul on the road to Damascus. And in Romans, he is our justifier. In 1 Corinthians, our resurrection. 2 Corinthians, our sin bearer. In Galatians, he redeems us from the law. In Ephesians, he is our unsearchable riches. In Philippians, he supplies our every need. And in Colossians, he is the fullness of the Godhead bodily. 
In First and Second Thessalonians, he is our soon-coming king. In First and Second Timothy, he is the mediator between God and man. In Titus, he is our blessed hope. In Philemon, he is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. In Hebrews, he is the blood of the everlasting covenant. In James, it is the Lord that heals the sick. In First and Second Peter, he is our chief shepherd. First, Second, and Third John, it is Jesus who has the tenderness of love. In Jude, he is the Lord coming with ten thousand saints. And in Revelation, lift up your eyes, church, for your redemption draweth nigh. He is King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Glory. Oh, we praise you, Jesus. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. We beheld His glory glory of the Son of God. Hey, I have a card here. It says, in recognition. Jeremy, will you come forward, please? This says, Jeremy, thank you for allowing the Gideons to share our annual church report at New Life and for your exceptional support of God's Word and our Gideon ministry. Right now, over 1,000 souls will have the opportunity to read God's Word in a hotel motel because of you. Love and Maranatha, Tom and the Jackson Camp, this is five Gideon Bibles being placed in your honor. Yes. Not your memory because you're still alive. Right. <laughs> Love you, brother. Love you. Thank, Thank you, you so, so much. much. Amen. Isn't that wonderful? That's wonderful, guys. Was like I don't I feel like I need to give an altar call. And I'll just say this as we're going through this message today, I don't take for granted that just because we're all here on a Sunday that we all know the Lord in the very way that Mr. Morris and Mr. Mays presented that to us today. And so I hope that the Lord is drawn upon your heart today. Well, we're going to keep updating about some other outreaches that we are a part of today. I want to make note that I want you to be praying and asking the Lord how you could so generously into the Gideons. At the end of service today, we're going to take up a special love offering for them. And so I just want to ask that you just begin to think about what you can set aside to give today to the Gideon's ministry. I'm going to ask Mr. Gary Daughtry is going to come up here for just a moment and update us on one of our partners, Dream Center of Jackson, and all that is happening. He is his faithful assistant with him today. I love it. <laughs> and so as they're coming today, y'all just give Mr. Gary your attention as he shares with us about the Dream Center and Isabella. Thank you. First of all, I'd like to thank the church. If it wasn't for the church, the Dream Center wouldn't be here. The church had the, the vision and the, and, the, and the guidance from God to start helping women and children. And we bid, did so uh, back in 2003 uh, when the tornado hit. We woke up one Sunday morning and a tornado, tornado had hit Jackson bad. And... Uh, we decided to help people, and before you know it, the Dream Center was born. And the Dream Center continues to serve Jackson and surrounding communities. We got people for, uh, from New Orleans when Katrina hit. We get them from Florida f when the hurricanes hit. Uh, it's amazing the number of people that come out. Uh, last month, we, uh, we got brought in 13 uh, new ladies and 14 new children. Uh, and you think, and I thought back then that, you know, the Dream Center will be, you know, for this tornado and for this time. But it turned out not to be for a time. It turned out to be God's plan. And God has planted something in Jackson that is going to be something that when people look at, they're going to see the work of God. Because this new building um, over on Oil Well Road right next to... Uh, Northside Assembly, uh, they so generously gave us the land. Um, this is the building we're building. Uh, it's uh, 30,000 square feet. Uh, we're going to house, we hope, anywhere from 100 to 150 ladies and children. And we've got a waiting stack about that high now, just trying to get in, but we're running out of places to put them. Uh, we have so generously been given some homes that we uh, have a, a leader in the home and then we have um, a bunch of ladies and children in each of the homes trying to ride it out until we get this building built. Uh, we have, uh, now have in the bank over $1.7 million. Uh, the uh, bank said that after we reach $1.5, we can begin to, to uh, build, and that's what we're doing now. The civil engineer is got some things that to finish up 
once they finish up, we'll put in the drive. The drive uh, has to be put in uh, with um, dry ground because of the, uh, um, uh, the heavy equipment that's got to be brought in to do what we want them to do, which is erect this building. Uh, I want you to know something. This is the result of the Dream Center. This little girl, my daughter, Isabella, two years ago, we uh, had a birthday party for me, only it was, uh, I turned it around. Instead of having a party for me, we, I took all the ladies at the Dream Center to dinner, and this was the only child there. And after, we, after she prayed for the ladies and we started dinner, she stood up in the chair and she said, ladies, by the way, I want you to know that pretty soon when I get old enough, I'll be running the Dream Center. Uh, don't laugh. She means it. This, la this little lady has got a heart. She's got a heart of giving. She's got a heart of gold. She believes in the Dream Center. She gives her um, um, Christmas money and birthday money. She gives her allowance. She gives that to the Dream Center. She says they need it more than she does. She takes toys down to the to the kids down there. This this little girl has a big heart, don't you? <laughs> she's shy. She's a little shy. But the Dream Center um, is something that uh, we're we're very proud of in Jackson. And as it grows, and as we get this building done, um, things are happening. The Lord continues to bless the Dream Center. Uh, this this month alone, we had a company come to us and say, um, have you got the chairs for the chapel yet? I said, well, we hadn't built the building yet. And they said, we want to provide all the chairs for the chapel. And we said, yes, we'll be glad to take new uh, chairs wherever. And they said, no, we're going to buy new chairs, and we want to provide them. And we said, thank you, and we took that blessing, and God continues to do that. We also had another company come in and say, we want to provide for the boardroom. And they've already donated, donated a boardroom table and a boardroom chairs and a credenza and all the things uh, we need and for several offices also. Jackson is a giving city. Jackson has a big heart. And that's why when this church birthed the Dream Center, the city caught on. And the city continues to help. Uh, they give financially as well as give us breaks on different things that, you know, comes up or, you know, with a fire marshal or this or that or the other. Come, they always take care of us. Uh, mayor Gist did a great job. I've already talked to uh, the new mayor, Scott Conger, and he's all behind us, and he continues to support us. Uh, one of his first duties in office was to send a check to the Dream Center. And that's, that's saying a lot. So we have the blessing of, of all of them. Do you have anything you would like to say? No? You're too shy? But I believe it. I believe it, and she tells the ladies down there all the time that uh, she'll be the next CEO of the Dream Center. But we thank Jeremy. We thank the church. Uh, we thank the church um, their their families and the connections that the church makes. Uh, as we continue to get ready to build, we've got companies that are providing the concrete. We've got companies that are going to provide the lumber. We've got companies that are going to provide the steel. We've got companies that want to provide uh, the driveway. We've got companies that want to provide the parking lot. We've already got these companies that are calling us and we're calling on them and it's like when the Dream Center started. Did I quit? No. It's like when the Dream Center started. Um, we didn't have anything. We didn't have the money. We didn't have anything to really start. And we had an empty building that uh, so, um, the owners so generously let us use a wing, and we refurbished it. Myself and five members from the, um, the congregation went down there, and we refurbished it. We put in sheetrock, and we put in lighting, and we put in electrical, and we put in plumbing. And we started the Dream Center. 
but it has grown and it keeps it growing, growing. I don't know why. I guess the economy, um, the world's in a crazy position now. Uh, I think there's a lot of problems, and, and I think uh, men can kind of um, have been able to take care of themselves always. Women have been able to take care of themselves, but when they have children, it becomes a burden. When you take in a woman and she's got four children, you're like, how are you doing it? Well, she's having trouble doing it, so we're offering her a new life. Uh, we're offering her all kinds of classes and education. We're offering them um, uh, support. You know, if they've got um, uh, bas past overdue bills that JEA is after them or uh, the courts are after them or something like that, we help them get them paid. We do everything to put the woman back in society on solid ground in a home or in an apartment, and she has no bills. And she has all the food she needs to start with. We even furnish their place for them. So we continue to provide for the woman so that she can start and start a family. The successes we have coming back are unbelievable. Um, you know, we had the big uh, fundraiser in January called The Night in the Caribbean. And right now, Monday, tomorrow, we have a golf tournament uh, that uh, we're uh, using to raise money. We have uh, October 19th is the um, uh, boat regatta. I don't know if anybody's ever been to that or seen it, but it's where different organizations and, and children make boats. And we go down to the lift, and we have races. And it's a fun event, and I tell you what, it is wonderful. We have fraternities in there. We have businesses in there. We have the police department enter, the fire department enter, you know, and it's a it's a fun time and it's a it's a little fundraiser for us. But our big fundraiser is in January, and that is the night in the Caribbean, where we bring in uh, a, a, a big name um, entertainer, and we have uh, a dinner in honor of uh, the Dream Center and to raise money for the Dream Center, and it's been very very successful. Yes, ma'am, you got something to say now? No. I don't know. You were poking on me, so I didn't know. What do you think of the Dream Center? I love it. Why do you love it? Because it takes care of because it takes care of women and children. Oh, anyway, I just wanted to give you an update. Um, we hoping real soon to break ground. Uh, the we, uh, we talked to. Uh, um, an individual that's providing a civil engineering and we uh, uh, his boss that was to be Jim Campbell over at H&M um, called us last week and he, he said have we broke ground yet I said no we're waiting on a civil engineer and he said oh well let me move that along <laughs> so the thing you got to realize and people ask well why isn't that started why these are all volunteers these are all volunteers. We can't go and say, hey, you need to do this because we're paying you. It's volunteers. And when this get building gets built and people drive by and they see what Jackson can do, what this church can do, then the other churches, they can do also in their missions. We appreciate the Gideons being here. They are a tremendous uh, organization. Uh, she was telling me the other day that um, I give her a dollar every morning to do as she wishes at school. And she says a lot of times she gives it to the Gideons to buy Bibles for other countries. You like doing that? Anyway, we thank you. We appreciate it. We'll keep you updated. And we ask your continual support uh, and as well as support the Gideons. And we thank you. Amen. Amen. I can't wait to turn the microphone over to CEO Isabella Daughtry one day for an update on the Dream Center. 
it may be sooner rather than later knowing her, if that's for sure. Well, listen, I want to just update you really quickly on a couple of other outreaches that we partner with. First of all, locally, another outreach that we partner with is RIFA. And this, we have been serving RIFA faithfully, helping to provide meals on Mondays. We're going to continue to do some other different things for RIFA coming up and continuing to partner with the Snack Backpack Program, as well as some other, other different things that they have expressed that they have needs in. This past week, we were able to participate in Canstruction. And Canstruction is an event where local businesses, organizations, churches, and schools come together and they build giant sculptures out of cans. And all of those cans go to RIFA. One of the things that I loved that they said, there are Canstruction events that take place all over the country. Last year, RIFA's Canstruction was the leading fundraiser, right? Am I saying that right? Leading fundraiser of any construction event across the country. Gary's right. Jackson is a generous community. Our construction raised more money for our RIFA food pantry than any other construction event in the country. And we were a participant again this year. We were able to build a fun um, structure. Our students from Family Christian School and our students here at New Life Church were able to work together and we were able to raise over $1,000. We purchased over 1,000 cans to create our sculpture, which was a giant taco called Let's Talk About Ending Hunger. Um, it was fun. We didn't win a whole lot, but we had a lot, a whole lot of effort, and we gave over a 1,000 cans to RIFA, and they have already started making plans for next year. So if you see Victoria McLemore or Gracie Clark around, they were part of our chairs that headed that up from here in our church, and they did a fantastic job just leading the way I just chaperoned. So that is RIFA, and we are going to continue to support RIFA because we believe that there's no reason to reinvent the wheel when there are people who are doing things day in and day out every single day who are doing amazing things in the city of Jackson, and we can partner with them to see those things happen in so many different ways. Now, a couple of outreaches that we are partnering with on the national level and international level. First, we had the privilege this year of hearing from Cuckoo Matthews, if you were not here that Sunday, you should go back and listen to it because I love when a missionary comes to church and we think we're just going to be, you know, we're just going to be sowing into their ministry. And then they come here and pour the word of God on us. And it was like he was a missionary to our church that Sunday. And man, did he pour his heart out. And Reach India Mission International, they hold gospel crusades to rural and unreached villages. They distribute Bibles to the lots of different languages that are in the nation of India. They help to build churches. And one of the wonderful things that they do is they help to build churches specifically for leper colonies in India that are completely unreached. And they help provide resources for them. And we are able to partner with them financially and through prayer to help support that ministry. And I don't know if you remember, but Cuckoo came and he was completely blown away that the generosity of our church, that our small church, gave him the largest individual donation of any of the churches that he visited while he was here, and he was blown away by that generosity. And so I want you to keep these ministries in your forefront of prayer and thought as we're moving throughout this year. Also, here at a national level, we partner with Outpost of Freedom Missions Base, which really primarily works on Native American Indian reservations here in our country. It is in our country, but it is like a third world country in so many respects, and it is, it's difficult to see what so many of our Native American friends and family in this country um, endure and what they go through. And Outpost of Freedom partners, they do mission and outreaches on the reservations. They provide education and benevolence programs. One of the great things they do is they help to train leaders from the communities, and they help them plant churches in their own communities and help strengthen them and support them as they build churches in their own communities and really work from the inside out, not as coming in from the outside and trying to fix everything, but coming and strengthening those resources on the inside and helping them to have what they need. Another international group that we partner with, with Pastor Greg Evans, is First Love International. And I'm telling you what, listen, you should follow on Facebook, First Reach India, as well as Outpost of Freedom and First Love International, because it would just encourage you and bless you to see what people are doing. And Pastor Greg Evans and what they are able to accomplish in South Africa with education, they are feeding thousands of students every single day thousands 
of students are being fed a meal every single day, which helps them to be able to retain the education that they are receiving because First Love is also building preschools and educational facilities all across South Africa. And it is amazing to see week after week that new preschools are popping up, that they're training teachers, that students are getting fed. They partner with Hand of Hope through Joyce Meyer and a lot of these organizations to see this happening. And guys, let me tell you something. You have a day where you think, what am I doing for the world? This world is really, really struggling. And what can I do? What can little me in Jackson, Tennessee do? I want you to be encouraged because every time that you give, one of these ministers comes to our church and then our church continues to give and so into these ministries all throughout the year as they make needs aware to us, we are continuing to sow. Your faithful giving is having a daily impact on a grander scale than sometimes we can even see or imagine. And so be encouraged that you are, in fact, impacting the kingdom through your faithful, generous giving and also through your prayers and commitment to support these ministries in prayer. They are helping to establish sustainable economic growth for families and also providing health care. So listen, that was me talking really, really fast. I get that. To update you about a couple of things. But I want to encourage you today. We have these little bracelets that we're going to give out. And some of you are going to be like, um, that's not really my style. It's totally okay. They also fit great on your key ring so that you can have them, okay? On the outside of it says Gathering Gospel, Great Commission, which is the motto of our church, the Gathering Gospel and the Great Commission. And on the inside of it, it says New Life Church. We're passing these out today. You also have these little cards around you on your seats that say Mission and Outreach, Local, National, and International. And it has the little icons for all of these ministries that we've talked about today. I have found in my life that so many times I think I can just get things done. And I could just, you know, I could, I could really solve all the world's problems, right? Because I have all the answers, if anybody just ever happened to ask, right? And there's so many things I think I can do in my own power. But what I have found is that the more I commit things to prayer, the more it really just frees God up to do what only he can do. And so one of the greatest things that we can do as individuals and as a church family, is to commit to pray. Because there are going to be days and opportunities where we are going to go and we are going to help at the Dream Center when it's needed. There's going to be a day that Gary is going to call and he's going to say, we have no size three diapers and we're going to make a run and we're going to take them. There's going to be a day when we're going to sow into the Gideons and we're going to know that hundreds of Bibles are being sent out into the world. There's going to be days where we take food to Rifa and meet that immediate need. But the greatest thing that we can do as individuals and as a church family is not only commit to be generous in our giving, but to commit to be generous in our prayer. Because our prayers move mountains, and they need our prayers. And so what we're doing today to kind of end up this day is everybody is going to get one of these and put it where you want. You can wear it every day if you want to. You can put it on your key ring, put it on your mirror in your car, wherever you see it, put it where you're going to pray. And we're going to ask that you would pray for our gathering, for the gospel, and for the Great Commission. So if you put that up there for me, Kaylee, that little closeout slide. There we go says to pray for our gathering times. It is important as a church that we pray for these times. Let me tell you something. The enemy tries to distract and destroy these times, these times of coming to church. If you don't believe that, I don't know that you've ever gotten kids ready for church on a Sunday morning. But let me tell you, the enemy will set out in any way that he can to disrupt the gathering of God's people. And I am friends with enough church leaders in this community alone to know that we're not the only church that has that happen, okay? We're not the only church who has come in and all of the sound systems have quit working and nothing is happening, okay? The enemy sets out to disrupt the gathering. Commit to praying for our times that we gather together because these are important times. Commit to pray for the gospel to be shared and for the gospel to lead us. We need to be word-minded. 
Mr. Pastor Mabe said right at the beginning, and he talked about how the grass withers and fades, but the word of the Lord stands firm. We need to be praying that we will be led by the word of God. So pray that in your own lives, that is in our life as a church, that we are led by the gospel and that our outreach partners continue to be led by the gospel. Pray for the Great Commission to be accomplished through our partners and through us as individuals. Pray for New Life Church. Listen, we want to pray for our partners. We want to pray for the Gideons, that they will not come up against roadblocks. Let me tell you, there are people who would love nothing more than to stop having Bibles be brought to schools and be put in hotels. They would love nothing more than to stop the movement of that Gideon's outreach. So let me tell you, these men and women who are doing this work, they need our prayers for favor to continue to move forward with the mission of God spreading God's word. We need to pray for our outreach partners for favor to come. We need to pray that every rich businessman in Jackson will call Gary this week and offer whatever he needs to make it happen, okay? Because let me tell you, there are people who make things happen and God can move on their hearts. So we want to pray for favor for each and every outreach that they continue to have what God needs. Our prayers move mountains. The other thing is, is to remember that you don't have to have a special invitation to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And I love that these are great things that we are doing as a church, but I love to hear about all the wonderful things that the individuals in our church are doing day in and day out of how you are doing kingdom work. I want to end today with this little section of scripture, and we're going to close out in prayer out of 1 Corinthians chapters 12 and 13. In verse 28, it says, And God has appointed these in the church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healing, helps, administrations, varieties of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Are all workers of miracles? Do all have gifts of healings? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? But earnestly desire the best gifts, and yet... I show you a more excellent way. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but I have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow in all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. That chapter ends in verse 13, and it says, Now abide faith, hope, love, these three. But the greatest of these is love. So let me tell you something. Those teachers here sitting here today who every day are going into classrooms and who are loving on children, you are reaching the world. To every one of you who works in the retail community and deals with angry people, but you keep your you keep it together, and you don't let them have it, but you let them just be loved by Jesus on their way out the door. You are spreading the love of Jesus. Miss Marjorie McClanahan is here. She goes and gives gifts to our veterans in the veterans' home every Christmas and is that every time a National Guard deployment returns back home, she is there to welcome them. That is being the hands and feet of Jesus. Rodney went and ran yesterday, ran for St. Jude, raised money for the children of St. Jude, that is being the hands and feet of Jesus. Our nurses, we have more nurses in this building than I think most churches four times our size have. We know you're being the hands and feet of Jesus because you see people at their worst and their ugliest, and you still love them anyway, and that is you being the hands and feet of Jesus. Wherever you are, you are a part of the gathering. You are spreading the gospel, and you are the Great Commission. Go into that world and make disciples. And you don't have to wait for a big event. You don't have to be a part of a big organization. You just have to live every single day with love to the people around you. And that's really what this is about. So I want to encourage you to not grow weary in doing well. 
And that as a church, we're going to continue to partner in any way that we can to see these outreaches succeed and thrive and grow and reach the kingdom of God. But as individuals, each and every one of you, you are the gathering. You are the gospel. You are the great commission. As he said, there's a man in here and that man lives in here and you carry him wherever you go. And that is what it is all about. So be encouraged today. We're going to take up a special offering for the Gideons. Pastor Jeremy is going to come and close us out. These are going to be back in the back for you. But most importantly today, I want you to know, hey, New Life Church, we're doing things. We're doing whatever God puts in our hand to do, and we're doing it the best that we can. And you go out there and do whatever you can and love the people for Jesus. Amen. Let's pray together really quickly over these outreaches. If you would, take your card that's laying there near you. Let's look at these and let's pray over them today. God, we thank you for the man that is Jesus Christ. We thank you that he came to this earth, that he died for us, that he rose again, and now he lives inside of us. God, I thank you for the gospel of Jesus Christ that is the word, that is Jesus is the word that became flesh. I thank you for your word that is unchanging and is good for all things. And Lord, I thank you today for your great commission that challenges us to go into the world. Today, God, we lift up to you our local partners in RIFA and the Dream Center. God, I pray that you would bless them exceedingly and abundantly. God, I pray that as people come to them with needs, you would equip them to meet the needs that are presented to them. And, Lord, for every other nonprofit and outreach in our community that is doing kingdom work, God, I pray blessing upon them, favor upon them, that you would continue to lavish your love on people through these organizations. And, God, continue to help Help us to sow into and bless them in any way that we can. God, we pray for Pastor Greg Evans and First Love Ministries in South Africa. Lord, I pray that you would just continue to remove any roadblock out of their way as they continue to change lives and that they continue to build people up. Lord, we just pray over them. Lord, I pray over Pastor Kuku Matthews and Reach India Mission. And I just pray, Lord, that as they are going into some of the hardest places and coming against some of the most difficult spiritual attacks of the enemy, that you would just let your Holy Spirit be strong in them and that they would walk in the authority of the gospel of Jesus Christ to cast out demons and to set paths in place for people to come and know you. God, we pray for Rick and Susan at Outpost of Freedom. Lord, I pray that you would continue to help them to fight hell in every way that it would come against the people of those Native American reservations in our country. God, we just we just ask that you would move mightily and that you would begin to provide every resource that they would need to see the gospel spread and grow in those areas of our country. And Lord, we pray for Gideon's International. God, I pray that you would just hold back any type of anything that would come against them to try to sabotage or get them off track in any possible way, that no resources would have to be wasted on keeping them doing what they are doing, but every resource would be able to go straight into your word. And God, we just pray for your hand upon these men as they continue to grow. And God, I do pray that you will send new men to come in and lift up their hands and be ready to take on this mantle of this calling, God, to go and spread your word and make sure your word reaches all corners of the earth. We thank you for the privilege today of serving you and knowing you. And I pray that you would continue to help this house be the people who go out and share the love of Jesus above everything else. Let us not be clanging symbols, God. Let us be people who walk in love. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, church. Let's give God a hand of praise and thanksgiving today. Man, I'm so thankful that our church is doing what it's doing. If you ever have a day where you doubt, is our church making a difference, uh, just remember today. And then remember about you. You're, you're here for a reason. You're here for a purpose. All of us are. And I love the fact that the scripture Lindsay uh, referenced there in 1 Corinthians 12, are all this or all that, not everyone is this leader or that person or that position in the church, but together we are the body of Christ. 
Amen.